0: chapter five of carpenter's world travels alaska our northern wonderland by frank carpenter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b chapter five the story of seward's icebox come with me for a walk through the old town of sitka it was founded in seventeen ninety nine at about the time that george washington was dying at mount vernon and was a thriving manufacturing center building ships and making bells plows picks and spades when the indians were still hunting deer on the site of chicago for more than one hundred years it was the capital and commercial center of alaska situated here in the panhandle one hundred and fifty miles northwest of ketchikan and about as far north of seattle as minneapolis is north of new orleans it was selected by the russians as the seat of their government and as the chief home of the officials and traders sent out by the Tsar to what was then Russian America. Sitka was the capital of Alaska when we bought the territory, and it was here that the country was formally transferred to the United States. After that, it remained the capital for almost 40 years, until the seat of government was transferred to Juneau in 1912. Looking at Sitka as it is today, one does not wonder that the Russians chose it as their chief place of residence. The town has a climate as mild as that of Baltimore or Richmond, and its surroundings are so beautiful that it must sometime be a summer resort and place of permanent residence for retired capitalists. It is situated on Baranoff Island, within a short distance of the open Pacific. It lies on a little bay at the mouth of a fast-flowing river in the arena of an amphitheater of snow-clad mountains the waters in front of it have scores of small wooded islands while all about the hills rise to the clouds one of the mountains is known as the holy cross from a figure of the cross in perpetual snow which gleams out near its summit this is mount verstovia which has a mantle of white throughout the winter but in the summer the snow disappears with the exception of this gigantic cross painted by the hand of god upon a background of green another mountain is edgecombe on the island of kruzov over the way mount edgecombe is an extinct volcano as regular and as beautiful in its outlines as fujiyama in japan it was one of the first of the landmarks discovered by captain cook when he sailed through these waters in seventeen seventy six on the hill at one side of the town was the site of the Baranoff castle where the russian governor lived and there today is the headquarters of the agricultural experiment station to the left of the cliffs at the entrance of the harbor are the wharves with the main business street named after president lincoln running back from them and farther down the cove is a long row of two and three story houses with many flagstaffs rising above them that is the indian settlement the town has altogether something like one thousand indians and we shall see indians everywhere as we move through the streets. It has also about 500 whites. In Sitka, modern residences of Americans and log buildings more than 100 years old, put up in the days of the Russians, stand side by side. There is one great ward house of logs so carefully fitted together that you could not put a knife blade between them. The logs are each two or three feet in diameter. That building, which was a warehouse when we took over the territory, frequently had a million dollars worth of furs stored in it. At the time of the sale to the United States, it contained 30,000 seal skins, which then sold for less than $3 a piece. A little farther up the street is a log building covered with the moss of many decades. And still farther away, near the Russian cemetery, is a Russian blockhouse bearing the scars of the wars with the Indians. The sitka of today has a number of fine churches and a large missionary school there is an episcopal church built of stone with the residence of the bishop of alaska behind it and there are the half dozen large buildings of the sheldon jackson school belonging to the presbyterians these buildings include industrial departments and dormitories for both indian boys and girls the children are clean and well dressed and the school has done a great work with its practical educational methods at sitka is also the old pioneers home where aged and dependent men and women who have spent their years assisting in the development of alaska are well cared for by the territorial government the most prominent church building in the town is the russian cathedral it stands at the end of the main street coming up from the wharves on the site of a church that was built here more than a century ago when Baranov was governor The present building dates far back in the Russian occupation, but it was in use until the Bolshevik regime in Russia suspended the activities of the Russian church in Alaska. The Russians did a great deal of mission work here. They had mission stations on many of the Aleutian Islands and others scattered over the territory, even to the mouth of the Yukon. The Russian Cathedral at Sitka is a museum of interesting pictures and jewels. Many of its paintings were brought around Cape Horn or across Siberia, and some of them are by famous artists. One is an icon bearing the face of the Lady of Kazan. It represents a Madonna and child and is of great beauty. I am told that the Church refused an offer of $25,000 from J. Pierpont Morgan for this single painting. Of late years, Sitka has lost its commercial importance. The removal of the capital to Juneau took away about all the United States offices and there is now no more quiet town in the territory. The place is away from the main lines of travel and is reached only by a small steamer or by the tourist boats in the summer which bring sightseers here on account of Sitka's beauty and historic interest. It is well worth a visit. The history of Alaska covers just about 150 years and, roughly speaking, it may be divided into three periods of fifty years each. The first fifty was the period of exploration and discovery. The next fifty was the time of the Russian occupation, and the last half-century covers the time since we purchased the territory. Alaska was discovered by the Russians during the 18th century, but very little was known about it until almost the beginning of the 19th. It was in 1711 that Peter Popov sailed from Siberia Around through Bering Strait and brought back rumors that a continent existed on the other side of Asia. Seventeen years later, Peter the Great of Russia, who had heard of these stories, sent Vitus Bering from Kamchatka to find out if they were true. Bering went through the strait which now bears his name, but it must have been foggy for he did not see the American shore or even the Diomede Islands, which lie in the middle of the strait. So he came back and reported that he had found nothing. He tried it again nine years later with a similar result. And it was not until 1741 that he saw the American continent and discovered the Shoemagan Islands. At that time he anchored near the mouth of the Copper River and went on back through the Aleutians to the island of Bering, a part of Siberia. He was wrecked on that island and died there of scurvy. Some of his sailors who made their way back to the mainland carried the story of the existence of Alaska and of the wonderful furs of the Aleutians. From that time, the Russians made many expeditions to the Aleutians. Their glowing reports attracted the attention of other navigators, especially Britons and Spaniards, who made many voyages of exploration along the Alaskan coasts. It was in 1774 and 1775 that juan perez was sent by the king of spain from mexico to the north he reached dixon entrance our international boundary in seventeen seventy four and the year following came to sitka sound captain cook sailed from plymouth england at just about the time that jefferson was writing the declaration of independence it was he who established the fact that there was no land connection between america and asia and he surveyed a part of the coast outlining the chief features through more than twelve degrees of latitude he then went south to hawaii where he was killed by the natives later still there were other explorations by the russians who formed trading companies and there were independent fur traders from england and from our atlantic coast five ships from new england came to alaska in the latter part of the eighteenth century to buy furs one of these commanded by captain gray took his cargo of furs to canton china where he got a cargo of tea which he carried on around the cape of good hope to boston making the first voyage of an american vessel around the world he landed in boston august tenth seventeen ninety meanwhile the russians had been gradually staking out their claims to alaska and about the beginning of the last century they made treaties with england which conceded to them the alaskan coast down to fifty-four degrees forty minutes of north latitude. At that time, it is said that Russia had a great ambition to control the Pacific, and that it was her aim to grab the whole of California and the Hawaiian Islands as well. Baranov, the Russian who founded Sitka, had fur trading stations as far south as where San Francisco now is, and actually owned the farm which later came into the hands of John Sutter, on which gold was first discovered in California eight years before our national capital was moved from philadelphia to washington Baranov established at kodiak the first russian colony among the settlers were a number of convicts of whom he made fur traders and farmers controlling them with an iron hand he was small in stature but he had the qualities of a napoleon and it was due to his management and organization that russia got such a foothold on our continent he had many fights not only with the Indians, but also with his own people. At one time, when one of the colonists attempted to assassinate him, he grabbed hold of the hand holding the weapon and then strangled the man to death with his own hands. In 1799, he moved his headquarters to Sitka, and three years later, while he was absent, the Indians massacred the Russians, killing all of the officers and 30 men. Only five Russians escaped. The Indians built a fort of logs and defied the russians, but Baranov came back with a gunboat and starved the Indians into submission. Baranov then moved the site of Sitka eight miles to where the town now is. About the time he came to Sitka, there was formed the Russian fur company, a monopoly backed by the government, the czar, and the empress, and many of the nobility. Baranov continued to manage the territory until eighteen seventeen, when through political trickery, he was deposed he left sitka and died on his way home at batavia java in eighteen nineteen during the time of russia's ownership much of the alaskan coast was explored the yukon river was opened up as far as the mouth of the tanana by lieutenant zaguskin and kotzbui went through bering strait and discovered kotzbui sound on the arctic ocean north of the seward peninsula the delta of the Kuskokwim became pretty well known, likewise the southern coast, including the Panhandle, the Gulf of Alaska, the Alaskan Peninsula, and the Aleutian Islands. Complications, however, were arising with the British, who, under the Hudson's Bay Company, were pushing their trading stations from the Mackenzie River on to the Yukon. Russia became anxious lest her American holdings should fall into the hands of Great Britain. At the time of the Crimean War, she offered to sell us Alaska, but President Pierce refused to become a party to the transfer. The matter was again taken up when Buchanan came in, at which time an offer of $5 million was made by us and declined by the Russians. The negotiations were continued, but the Civil War was then brewing, and the pro-slavery element would not agree to the purchase of any more territory that was likely to be non-slaveholding. The subject was dropped until after the close of the war. It was in 1863 that the Western Union Telegraph Company planned to build a land line across North America to Asia, and a little later they sent exploration parties down the Yukon and over the Seward Peninsula to Bering Strait and into Siberia. They explored the Yukon Valley and brought forth much new information regarding Alaska. They were about ready to push their line through, when the Atlantic cable proved successful. Meantime, an increased interest had sprung up regarding Alaska. The negotiations for its purchase were resumed, and to cut short a most interesting story, Russia offered to sell the territory to us for about two cents an acre. The actual figure was $7 million, with an extra 200,000 to settle the claims of the Russian residents and to pay the cost of the transfer. Late one night, Baron Stokel, The Russian ambassador at Washington came to the house of William H. Seward, our Secretary of State, and told him that he had just received dispatches from the Tsar, authorizing him to sell Alaska. Secretary Seward was playing whist at the time, and the ambassador said that he would come to the State Department on the morrow to make the treaty. Secretary Seward replied, Why should we wait until tomorrow, Mr. Ambassador? Let us make the treaty tonight. But the department is closed replied the russian you have no clerks and my secretaries are scattered about the town never mind that said secretary seward i can easily get the necessary clerks and if you can bring together your legislation by midnight you will find us awaiting you at the department and we will settle the business to this the ambassador consented they met at twelve o'clock at the department of state and by four in the morning the treaty was engrossed signed and sealed and ready for transmission to the senate within a month it had been approved and alaska was ours up to that time the territory had been known as russian america it needed a new name and all kinds of ridiculous titles were suggested one was the zero islands another andy johnson's polar bear garden another seward's icebox and a fourth walrusia the treaty was called the polar bear treaty and the senators who favored it were dubbed the eskimo senators the name alaska was finally chosen at the instance of charles sumner who said that it was the title which the natives used translated it means the great mainland the ceremony of taking possession of alaska was performed here at sitka on friday the eighteenth of october eighteen sixty seven two hundred american soldiers under general jefferson c davis took their position on the east side of the flagstaff near the castle and an equal number of russian soldiers were lined up opposite them it was three thirty o'clock in the afternoon when the russian captain ordered his men to haul down the russian flag the men tried to do so but it had caught in the ropes and would not move a russian soldier climbed up to bring down the flag he tried and failed another man tried and did not succeed a third soldier climbed up and got it but it slipped from his hands was caught by the wind and fell on the bayonets of the russian soldiers the incident was so affecting that the princess maksutov who was present with the russians wept and the soldiers were visibly moved following this old glory was hoisted and the american gunboats in the harbor and the russian battery on shore fired salutes prince maksutov the russian commissioner then stepped forward and said to general rousseau the american commissioner By the authority of his imperial majesty, the Emperor of Russia, I transfer to the United States, the territory of Alaska. Prince Maksutov then handed over the insignia of his office as governor, and General Rousseau made a speech accepting the transfer. That was all. With less than 200 words, Alaska's allegiance was changed, and a new empire was added to Uncle Sam's domain. Let me tell you briefly what we got for that investment in land at two cents an acre alaska is a world in itself an unknown world at that to most of us though every man woman and child in the united states is a part owner the territory which has an area of nearly six hundred thousand square miles contains more than one-sixth of all the land under the american flag if alaska could be lifted up and dropped down upon the main body of our country with its eastern end touching the atlantic ocean at savannah the westernmost end would be in the Pacific, beyond Los Angeles. Beginning not far west of Los Angeles, the territory extends Uncle Sam's dominions almost to Japan. Nome is 3,000 miles west of San Francisco, and the mainland of Alaska is less than 40 miles from Siberia at Bering Strait. The island of Atu, at the end of the Aleutian Chain, is not far from Asia. From north to south alaska reaches almost as far as the distance from canada to mexico this mighty territory is a world in the variety of its lands its resources its climates and its waters it is a country of seas lakes and rivers and of almost as many islands as the empire of japan it has a vast continental mainland with mountains and valleys rolling plateaus and great lowland plains the navigable waters of its rivers Reach many thousands of miles. Alaska has the highest mountains on the North American continent. It has some of the greatest glacial fields upon earth, and scores of its peaks never lose their snow. McKinley, which kisses the sky at over 20,000 feet, is the tallest mountain north of the Isthmus of Panama. A little farther east is Mount St. Elias, which is 18,000 feet high, and about Mount Wrangell in a territory not three-fourths as big as massachusetts there are ten snow-clad peaks twice as high as mount washington and two which are higher than mont blanc the alaskan range runs around the whole southern coast and has a width here and there approximating eighty miles the range has several low passes and one of these broad pass is only twenty seven hundred feet above the sea it is from six to eight miles in width and it forms an easy way for uncle sam's new railroad into the great central valley like the senators who ridiculed secretary seward when he purchased alaska we are apt to think of it in terms of the north pole of mountains of ice and of perpetual snow we have read of the terrible cold where the thermometer falls to seventy degrees below zero of the reindeer and dog teams flying over the snow and of the cimmerian darkness of the long winter nights The truth is alaska is a world in its climates only one-fourth of the country lies inside the arctic circle parts of it are as temperate as tennessee or kentucky and southeastern alaska a region larger than maine has a winter climate milder than that of washington city the great yukon valley a land of rolling plains and plateaus has winters like those of montana and northern dakota and the summers of the whole territory are not far different from those of ohio indiana and virginia in midsummer i found the whole land covered with a dense vegetation and it seemed to me that if any part of it could be set down into the main body of the united states the change would not be recognized there is such crass ignorance concerning the climate of alaska that i shall say a little more about latitude take the city of seward the terminus of our new railroad that town is no farther north than petrograd and it is not nearly so cold in winter juneau the capital of alaska is in about the same latitude as edinburgh scotland and is i venture by far the warmer the same is true of sitka and copenhagen the whole scandinavian peninsula is within the latitudes of alaska and some of the aleutian islands are farther south than birmingham england berlin dublin or warsaw ketchikan and moscow are on about the same parallel. End of chapter 5